All right, guys, welcome back to another podcast on Emma Unhinged. Once again, I was joined by my co-host Oscar Silva. How's it going over there? Not going too bad, man. We did uh, not have any fights this past Saturday. Those weekends are always weird, uh, but the UFC is back, and they will not have any fans. They will not have any media. It's a very uh, mysterious uh, scenario, but either way, they're still at the UFC apex, and they brought a ton of great matchups to that card, in my opinion. A lot of people are not uh, complimenting some of these matchups. I think the prelims have some real uh, flavor to them. Uh, you even got guys like Alexi Olenek and Latifi on the card. I think it's going to be a very fun card to watch. Yeah, absolutely agree. I think it's a fantastic card. And obviously, the main event, I think the main event is getting a lot of heat, um, and it's not justified. I think it's a fantastic fight. Whoever wins that could possibly get a title shot next. Yeah, it's, it features two very aggressive fighters with uh, with obvious advantages. So I think there, there's a real uh, solid potential. We have a finish on either side. Absolutely agree. So let's talk about it. In this episode, we will talk about UFC Fight Night, Dunn versus Jan. Uh, talk about Bellator 286 that's happening this week. And obviously talk about the Dana White Contender Series that happened uh, this Tuesday. And obviously a big talking point about Bo Nickel. But so let's start at, straight, start at the top. Let's start with a big one this weekend. And that is UFC Dunn versus Zerta Jan. A fantastic fight. A grappler versus a very, very well-rounded mixed martial arts in Yan Xiaonan. This one could either go anywhere, and he talked about the finish. Jan coming off the a, a, a losses against um, Marina Rodriguez and Carlos Spars off the top of my head, I think. And obviously, Dern um, now putting on the win streak of myself. So, who, who are you signing this one, Oscar, in the main event? So, I really think Mackenzie Dern is a side you have to take here. But uh, this is not a side you want to bet here. She's more than a two-to-one favorite. But here's the thing with Dern. As long as it gets to the ground, she will excel. But prior to that, it's not going to look too pretty. She's fighting uh, a, a fighter that is a specialist in striking. She's a stand-up black belt. Uh, if you look at many of her fights in the UFC against very formidable strikers, including Marina Rodriguez, uh, Claudia Gadeja, uh, Carolina Kovacavich, she butchers a lot of these women, and it's just so ferocious. Uh, there was a point in her career where she was on a 13th fight unbeaten streak. Uh, she's the real deal. But the, the problem is, in the Carlos Barza fight, you saw her get-up game is not all that good. Um, and when she fights a uh, superior grappler, it's just not going to go that well for her. Against uh, the Carolina Kovacaviches, sure, she can uh, get a lot of grappling success going. But against somebody like Mackenzie Dern, she's not going to want to grapple with her at all. I think uh, Mackenzie Dern will be losing the whole fight on the feet, sure, Mackenzie Dern walks forwards, uh, swings big bombs, but uh, she's at a significant uh, deficiency there on the feet. But for me, Mackenzie Dern, she doesn't even need a takedown. That's the thing with Mackenzie. She can just pull guard. Um, she can just jump guard. She can just get the fight to the floor. And as long as it gets there, um, I I think uh, Yan Xiaonan showed in the Carlos Barza fight that she's really got some holes down there. And I think Mackenzie Dern can uh, get herself an on bar. I'll say uh, round two. Yeah, this is a fantastic fight in the main event that we have. Uh, and Zhao Nan Yan, as you talked about, a very fighter, a very good fighter on the feet. Uh, I feel like she's very well, um, very all rounded is what we've seen. Some of my skills, she did get exposed, as we've seen in the past, against Carla Esparza. But the wrestling of Carla Esparza, and obviously we've got Dern, the submission wrestling of uh, Mackenzie Dern is a different threat. And I believe that, obviously, you, what you talked about, the submission there is uh, we, we know how good Dern is on the ground. We could literally read out her accolades and we'll be here all day. She's phenomenal. She's a fantastic grappler. And I also do agree with you that she's going to sit and submit the Chinese woman, uh, Yan. Uh, I'm going to call her Yan. Yeah, I, I just think that the level is just too, it's too different. Um, Marina, Rodriguez, Marina Rodriguez, if I'm not mistaken, she... Uh, her jiu-jitsu is much more advanced than Yan Shaonan's, and she really knew how to defend those submissions down there. Because um, in round two, she got uh, controlled for like four minutes, and she's stuck in there. But uh, for Yan Shaonan, I just don't have that same confidence in her defense. So, yeah, that, that's why I'm picking Mackenzie Dern here. Uh, the jiu-jitsu is just next level. Uh, and I, I really think 
Uh, I really, th- as I said, uh, it's gonna look like Yan Shaonan is the better fighter, but it just doesn't matter because uh, the, the jujitsu skills from Mackenzie Dern are top tier. Absolutely agree. We've got a fantastic fight as we talked about this weekend. Um, the card all around is uh, very underrated. We've got some really good fights up to uh, top to bottom. But this is the main event, and we're both picking Mackenzie Dunn to get it via, uh, get it done via a submission. A fantastic fight. I'm very looking forward to it. And obviously, it'll be interesting because it won't be without a crowd. So it'll be back to the COVID sort of days. Yeah, and that, that's, that's going to either help or hurt some fighters. Uh... Honestly, for Mackenzie Dern, I don't really think the crowd affects her much, and uh, she she kind of looks like uh, she's a fan, somewhat of Mark Zuckerberg. So maybe that's going to be cool for her. So I think uh, I think it, it's not going to affect these fights a, a whole lot. But it it is a bummer for me because I really wish the UFC would stop doing the, the Apex altogether. It's just it's it's a shell of the product when uh when it's not with fans. Absolutely agree. Um, obviously, the UFC has closed uh, the Apex down for undisclosed reason. There has been um, rumours floating around this week. Quickly, before we move on, what is your prediction? What do you reckon has happened down at the Apex and why they can't attend? Yeah, I'm going to say uh, Mackenzie Dern. So she said that Mark Zuckerberg rented out the Apex and Dana White said that that was false. So I think that the truth lies somewhere in the middle. I think Mark Zuckerberg is involved with this, but he did not rent it out. I think he's just uh, attending the event, and maybe they're trying out some kind of metaverse technology because we know for sure that the UFC wants to do fights in the metaverse eventually. Absolutely agree. I I do believe that's what's happened as well. Um, It'll be interesting. It will all come out soon, eventually. Uh, But yes, we'll see what happens this weekend. But that was the main event we were talking about. Let's talk about that co-main event. Randy Brown, Randy Rudeboy Brown versus Francisco Trinaldo. A very, very good fight. Uh, A stocky weight versus a very long and rangy weight. Which one are you choosing? Yeah, I think Randy Brown is for sure the side to take here. So Francisco Trinaldo. Sure, he's on a really good uh, run as of late, even though he's he's very old uh, for uh, welterweight. I think I believe he's forty three now, um, but he's still he's still in a good role. But here's the thing: the guys he's beating, uh, they're not they're they're not the level of Randy Brown. He's beating guys like uh, like uh, Hot Chocolate, Danny Roberts, uh, guys like uh, Jai Herbert. Those guys are a little lower level. And Randy Brown. Um, Randy Brown, on the other hand, he's on a three-fight winning streak, and he's looking better than ever in these last couple of fights. So he submitted Alex Cowboy Alabama in like two minutes with one with one uh, with one arm in on that rare naked choke, and then he beat uh, Jared Gooden. He looked awesome in that fight, and then he took on Chaos Williams. And Chaos Williams, we always uh, give this guy a lot of respect. Because he's got that one punch KO power, and he got dropped by Chaos twice, and he still managed to win the fight because of his uh, head movement and his boxing, and he had some really good front kicks in that fight. I, I like the whole Randy Brown package, um, and I don't think Trinaldo really has the skills to expose him here. He's at a speed disadvantage, reach disadvantage, height disadvantage. Did I mention he was also a, a career lightweight? He's only had a couple welterweight fights, so. I really think Randy Brown uh, should be able to outpoint Trinaldo here. One thing with Trinaldo, even though he's on the older side, the chain is still reliable. Uh, so I think Randy Brown wins the decision here. Um, and I, I just think Trinaldo will just be too slow to land one of those big bombs that uh, that he usually wins these fights with. So I'm taking Randy Brown by decision. Yeah, I've got a groovy. I like, I like Randy Brown recently. Uh, since that loss against um, Vicente Luque, Bounce back in fantastic fashion, uh, and he's on a free fight winning streak, I do believe. Um, and he, he, he always has the you know the physique of to trouble anybody as he's seen in his last three against Alexander Vera, Jared Gooden, and his last fight, a split decision win over Chaos Williams. Chaos Williams is a ph- phenomenal fighter, um, very powerful. Uh, Trinaldo is very, very powerful, and he pr- possesses a lot of threats. But I do agree with you. I think R- Randy Rudeboy Brown is going to get it done. Um, I think he's got all the meanings to be able to keep. True Trinaldo on the uh, on the outside, and I think that would be the massive, massive factor. I just don't think Trinaldo will be able to get inside and land them big bombs that he's usually landing. 
I agree with you there. I think Randy Brown is one of their safer uh, betting spots on this card. Uh, because if Chaos Williams couldn't knock him out, I don't think uh, Trinaldo will be able to. Absolutely agree. Uh, we've seen Randy Rubio, uh, Brown in the past finished, but that's by a barrage of punches, um, a lot of volume uh, against Nico Price and against Vicente Luque, and that was in wars as well. So um, I don't think this won't be a war. I don't think Rudy Run. Uh, I don't think Randy Brown is going to let it get to that, and I think he's going to control the center, control the cage, and keep Trinaldo at the end of his kicks and his punches, and uh, pretty much pick him away. Uh, but yeah, fantastic fight in the co-main event. I'm looking forward to that one in a weight showcase. Uh, moving over to a bantamweight one. This bantamweight division is stacked, and this is another great fight. Yeah, this is this is uh this if uh, if this was in another division, it would have a bigger spotlight on it because Hanny Barcelos is uh in my opinion he's one of the many victims of the bantamweight division being so stacked. So he doesn't get much respect. This guy was like on a six-fight winning streak. He was looking awesome in his UFC run. Then he ran into, uh, who was it, a Timur Valiev. And that was just unfortunate. There, I thought that was a draw. But either way, he was a little gunshot in that one. And then he takes on Victor Henry. And he's a six-to-one favorite against Victor Henry. Everybody thought he was one, he was like a great uh, parlay piece. And he goes out there and he looks awful. Like he gets... He had really poor defense in that fight. I believe uh, how, uh, Victor Henry like broke some kind of striking record that night. Like he lit him up like a Brazilian Christmas tree, and that that was uh, it was an unfortunate sight to see because I thought this guy was going to break into the rankings finally, uh, see uh, some of these top ten matchups. But it appears that uh, now that he's like thirty five, I just think uh, it's too little, too late for him now. I think. <laughs> His best years were spent on fighting uh, lower-level guys. I think uh, his career was a little mismanaged. But now he's taking on Trevin Jones. Uh, Trevin Jones, to me, he had a really good run early on. Knocked out Timur Valiev. Then he knocked out Mario Batista. But after that, uh, he took on a Fareed Bashrat and Saeed Yolkov And in those fights, he's getting hurt constantly. He's uh, in the Saeed Cup fight. He gassed out. And then he got submitted, choked unconscious. Uh, I'm just having, and you also remember the Timber Valley fight. He was getting cooked in that one too. That one was about to get stopped. So um, he's got defensive issues as well. Um, but I really believe that Barcelos has the advantage everywhere, everywhere in this fight, except knockout power. But uh, either way, I think Barcelos gets a finish in this one. He's got a, he's got the jujitsu black belt was on the Brazilian wrestling team. I think this guy can out-grapple him if he wants to, but he usually looks to box. I think he hurts uh, Trevin Jones on the feet, and I think he wraps up a, a submission, and I'll say it happens in uh, round two. I think Barcelos gets back on track, and I think he should be a bigger favorite in this fight, like he was in the Victor Henry fight. Yeah, absolutely agree with you. I think Rahani Barcelos gets back to winning ways in, in, in a spectacular performance. I think Trevin Jones is a good fight for him to get back in, on track because if you look at his last few fights, Vitor Henry and obviously Timo Valuev, and if you look at that before that, beat Kali Taha, beat Sa Saeed Nogomegov. He's got some really good wins inside the UFC. He's been around, and we, we as you talked about, probably wasted potential uh, outside fighting the rankings. Uh, but now he's fighting Trevin Jones, and I do believe he's going to win the fight. But you predicted a finish. I'm going to go with decision, Ronnie Barzalos. Yeah, I re I'm really confident in this pick. Uh, this is that Trevin Jones, uh, the guys he knocked out Valiev and uh, Batista, I'm not very confident in their durability. But as for Barcelos, he took huge shots from Henry, and he's taking big shots from other guys, and he hasn't even gotten knocked down. So I think he, he'll be good at, even if he gets hit with, with those big shots. Absolutely agree. A fantastic one at Battleweight. And we move on to a one at Featherweight between Sadiq Yusuf and a newcomer stepping in at short notice. And as you can see, they're the favorite by minus 1,000. Surely it's got to be justified because he's stepping in at short notice. Sadiq Yusuf, a fantastic fighter. He's been in the UFC a very long time, and he's proved his worth. Yeah, so th this is a uh, this is a fight basically just for Sadiq Yusuf to stay active. He's a ranked fighter, and he's taking on a UFC debutant. And this is not a UFC debutant with a whole lot of hype. Don uh, Shanace, uh, this guy's got some knockout power, uh, but he doesn't really have many quality wins on the regional circuit. Not super high on this guy, but 
hey, Sadiq Yusuf should be able to style on him however he wants to. Um, he can out-grapple him, I believe. He can uh, for sure outstrike him. And he probably will knock him out here. Uh, Shanice has been knocked out before. Uh, it's all about how Sadiq approaches the fight. He can easily out-technique him, win a decision. But uh, I think Shanice will be looking for a knockout here and uh, get knocked out himself. I'll say round two, uh, Sadiq Yusuf knockout. Not not too much to break down here. Yeah, absolutely. I think Sadiq Yusuf is going to get this one done. Um, we've seen the debutants in the past come out and light it up. But I just believe, obviously, Sadiq Yusuf being in the UFC. If you look at his last fight against Alec Caceres, he beat an Alec Caceres who was on form and he, he had won five back-to-back in a row. So he's going into this one a lot of a lot of confidence and a lot of momentum. Momentum, and I feel like he's going to get another another showcase here, and I think maybe even a possibility of getting a knockout win. Yeah, that that's what I believe uh, will be happening here uh, on either side. Uh, but yeah, Sadiq Yusuf. Uh, he's he's an enormous favorite. I wouldn't necessarily recommend betting on him straight up because uh, I do I do think that Shanice has a better shot than what the odds indicate. But either way, for sure, uh, Sadiq Yusuf should be winning in this fight. Yeah, absolutely agree. Um, a fantastic fight. I'm definitely looking forward to it. Sadiq Yusuf getting a chance to get back into the ring, uh, into the octagon, sorry, and getting to showcase his skills once again. We move over to a catchweight bout between John Castaneda and Santos. Uh, this is a fantastic one. John Castaneda takes on Daniel Santos in a 140-pound catchweight bout. John Castaneda heading into this one off the back of a... Sorry, um, I had a sorry stuck in my throat off the back of a two wins back to back against Eddie Wynan and Miles Johns. Uh, two finishes back to back, and his opponent Daniel Santos, I believe, came off a contender series and now has one fight side UFC and now looks to get another win. Yeah, I really think this is a this is a great fight for John Castaneda. So John Castaneda in his last two fights, uh, the Eddie Wynan fight, kind of a free win at this point. But the Miles Johns fight was an eye-opener for me. I really thought he was going to lose that one. But in that fight, he, his pressure was immense. And he broke Miles John, Johns in that fight. And he gassed him out and hurt him. And I believe it was the submission that uh, got him the win there. I think uh, Daniel Santos is just very uh, inexperienced in many ways. So in his debut, he fought Julio Arce to open up a pay-per-view. And in that fight, he was just being a knockout hunter. Uh, he was throwing a lot of spinning stuff that did not land. And uh, that, that's just, it's a real issue. If you throw a lot of strikes uh, intended for a knockout, you're going to be behind on the judges' scorecards uh, if you're not landing those strikes. That's just what I see happening here. Um, after he throws those big strikes in round one, he's going to be slowing down a little bit. And I think Castaneda will be applying more and more pressure. I think he'll win a 29-28 decision here. I think this is a, this is a really good fight for Castaneda, who's got this cardio advantage, who's uh, who's more technically sound. And uh, if it hits the ground, I would say Santos probably has an advantage there, but I really don't think we'll, we'll see it go there. I just think Castaneda is a more patient and technical fighter, and he's going to win a decision. Yeah, I just want to quickly correct myself. Daniel Santos did not come off the contender series. And his last fight, he fought Julio Arce, as talked about, and he got a decision loss. Um, so it's a, it's a good fight, and I do like John Castaneda, as you were speaking about. Uh, John Castaneda riding in us on two back-to-back finishes after his debut. He entered uh, against um, against Nathaniel Wood, um, I believe, yeah, and it didn't go his way. Nathaniel Wood has obviously got on to do great things in the bandweight and the featherweight division now, so... Um, this is a good fight. Um, I like it, but I do favour John Castaneda. I think he can get this one done. Um, obviously, he lost against Nani Wood, beat Eddie Wine and, and beat and Miles Johns. Uh, two back-to-back finishes, and I think there's even a possible uh, chance of getting three back-to-back finishes. Um, I know D- Daniel Santos hasn't been finishing his career so far, but there's a chance. Yeah, I think I think there's an opportunity there for Castaneda if Daniel Santos gets a little too... Uh, it's a little too overexcited. Maybe he can find a finish there. But uh, Julio Arce, he mainly won that fight against Santos just using the jab. So that's that's kind of how you got to beat him. Just be a smarter, uh, more patient fighter. Yeah, absolutely. We'll move on to the next fight. A fantastic fight uh, at lightweight between Mike Davis and 
Boroshev, we're going to call him. Uh, a fantastic fight. And Boroshev came in off, uh, coming off the, the contender series. A fantastic knockout, knockout versus um, Justin Berlinson, I believe. Uh, no, it was Chris Duncan. Chris Duncan, sorry. And then he got uh, a fantastic win against Dakota Bush in his UFC debut. And then in his last fight against Mark D. Casey, just fell short. It was the, re- the story of that fight was wrestling. Mark D. Casey didn't want to engage with him on the feet. And um, it, it proves why in recent years, why you don't want to engage with him on the feet. But Mike DeCasey came in there with a sensible game plan, a very, very good game plan, and took him down. Uh, Mike, Mike Davis, on the other hand, has looked rejuvenated. If you see his pictures this week, he's looking bigger, stronger. Uh, but we're going to find out how that's going to pay in his factor. He's coming off a win against Thomas Guilford, and then obviously in his last fight, again, a win against Mason Jones. We all saw what happened there. It was an absolute war. And I predict that Mike Davis will get this one done, but I'm not too sure how. I, I I do like the knockout. Yeah, I don't know what's been going on with Mike Davis. So, in January of 2021, which was it's almost been two years since then, he fought Mason Jones, won in a fight of the night, and the guy's just been nowhere to be found since then. I know he had a a hand injury going into that fight, and I know he was in a very bad financial situation, but. Man, two years off? I, I don't know what happened to him. I hope he's uh, healthy coming into this one. Uh, but either way, I just think he's uh, a higher-level fighter. And we have uh, Borshev. Uh, Borshev has been shown to be a bit one-dimensional. He will give pretty much anybody a problem on the feet. But if you take the guy down, sure, he can get up, but uh, he'll get plopped right back down. The Dakota Bush fight got taken down twice. He got taken down by Chris Duncan on the Contender Series. And uh, as we saw, Mark Casey took him down 11 times. So I do think Mike Davis can win this fight easily if he wants to grapple, but uh, that's just not how he's... That's just not the cloth he's cut from. I think he's going to want to strike with him, get in a war here. And uh, he's shown off that chin multiple times. In the Mason Jones fight, took huge shots in the uh, Contender Series fight he had with Sadiq Yusuf, which is maybe my favorite contestant fight, he he got rocked so many times and he still stayed in there. So I think he beats a Vahashlep Borshev. I think there's a potential he gets a, a late knockout in this fight as well because Borshev throws big hooks, leaving openings. So I think these guys are going to be hunting a knockout. But uh, I say he uh, wins the decision here. Mike Davis wins a decision here. I think he's is uh he's got the higher output in there, and as I said, he can mix in grappling if he if he gets tagged up on the feet. Absolutely agree. I think Mike Davis is definitely the favorite in my eyes, and he's going to get the he's going to get a victory. Um, a finish late on. I definitely agree with. Uh, but yeah, I, I see this one going either way, but I see it going in the favor of Mike Davis. We move on to the prelims. And this is a very underrated one. To be on the prelims, a very, very good match in the heavyweight division. Ilar Latifi versus Alexio Linick. This is a fantastic fight. Uh, Ilar Latifi coming into this one after a split decision win over Tanabosa. And uh, Alexio Linick coming into this one with a neck crank, uh, scarf hold, whatever you want to call it, against Jared Vandera. Um, I like this matchup for Ilar Latifi. I like this win. Uh, I like this matchup for him. I think it's a, a good one. Um, the only times we see Alexio Linick win, if he if he gets a submission, and obviously we've seen Ilatifi, he's got phenomenal wrestling. Um, and if you look in the past, Ilatifi's never been submitted. Um, off the top of my head, I don't think he's ever been really controlled that much inside the MMA uh, in, in his MMA career on the ground. Yeah, I think Latifi is is a straight up uh, uh, bull man. Like he's he's short and stocky, very powerful wherever the fight is. Uh, but the big thing um, I don't like about him these days, the guy has no intentions of hitting his opponent. What he wants to do is take him down, hold him down, and just win the decision. The Derek Lewis fight, he gets takedowns, but he lands like five significant strikes in that fight. Like it's not, it's not very great, especially with the judges really looking for damage these days. Uh, same thing in the Tanner Bowser fight, just doesn't land much. Gets a whole time of control time. And against Olenek, taking things to the ground, that is risky. But Olenek's gas tank is not it's not good. And he's he's only getting older. So I, I And also the fact that Latifi has basically no neck to wrap him uh, for Olenek to get his hands around. I think, uh, I think uh, we can either see 
uh, Alexi Olenek get some kind of quick submission here. Or we could see uh, Latifi just uh, go and hunt a quick KO here against Olenek. Uh, as I mentioned, Olenek is only getting older. There's no way that chin is uh, is getting better. So I do think uh, Latifi's got the striking advantage, the power advantage, speed advantage on the feet if he wants to do it. But the way he's been fighting as of late, he just wants to get these uh, these grinding decision wins with his wrestling, which he does have a wrestling advantage here. Training with Hamza Chermaev, Gustafsson. That's a great gym out of All-Star Sweden. I think he can win the decision or he can get a knockout on the feet. Uh, right now, I with Olenek just being so old and vulnerable, I have to... And the fact that in the Van Dara fight, he was getting lit up there. So I'm going to say uh, Elio Latifi gets a first-round uh, TKO on this fight. Yeah, i got to agree with you. I think that Latifi is definitely the favorite. Um, and I think he get it one done. I think, the, uh, obviously, the wrestling, he can stuff the takedowns of Olenek if they come that way. Um, and, obviously, the, the submission threat from Olenek, I believe he can uh, survive that and get, out, get his way out of trouble. And, obviously, he talks about Elio Latifi possesses power as well. Um, but he just hasn't used it in the past, uh, well, as of late anyway. Um, this is a good matchup in the heavyweight division, and fully won, I expect, in to get it done. Uh, we'll move over to the next fight. It is a women's fight. Uh, women's strawweight fight between Jessica Pena and Tabitha Ricky, uh, or Rishi, should we say. Uh, which one are you choosing for this one? Yeah, I think this is, uh, this is a good fight for Tabitha Ricci. Tabitha, uh, in her... UFC debut fought Man and Furrow up a weight class. Horrible matchup. But since she moved down to Strawway, she's looked good. So she took on, uh, who was it, uh, Maria Oliveira. Dominated her for 15 minutes. Then she fought, uh, who was it, um, Pollyanna Vienna. Yeah. In that fight, she got five takedowns. Uh, won the exchanges on the feet. I just think her, her jiu-jitsu is just so good. Um, Penne, she's got good jiu-jitsu too, but Honestly, she's on the older side now. She's like 40. So I think on the feet, she'll be at a disadvantage. Uh, in her last fight, she fought Emily to Cody. She got destroyed on the feet. That I'm actually surprised she's back already. Her legs got destroyed in that fight. So I think Richie maybe has an edge in the striking. But uh, the main thing here is Penny likes to be on her back, looking for submissions. And uh, I think Richie will be the one getting the takedowns here staying on top, avoiding the submission attempts, and winning a decision here. Um, I'm very confident this goes the decision because both women have good jujitsu and are reaching the passes, not exactly look to hunt for submission. She's kind of just happy with the positions. Yeah, I got to agree with you. I, I also do fancy uh, um, to be for Rishi in this one. I think she's got all the means to get it one, uh, get this one done. Uh, he talked about Jessica Pena um, not looking great in the last fight against uh, Emily Dakota and getting light up on the feet. And obviously, I don't, I don't really see uh, Rishi lighting her up on the feet. But that 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 submission threat, I think, is very very large. Um, if you look in the past of um Jessica Pena, you know, a lot by decisions that she's lost. Um, she only, only been submitted once, and that was against uh, Michelle um, Watson uh, back in 2013. So it would be a long time coming for a submission loss, uh, but one that I still think that could happen. I think Rishi is very good on the ground, and obviously um, she just needs to get it there. Yeah, I, I think uh, Rishi is uh, on an upward trajectory, and as I said, Pena that USADA suspension she had, uh, it took a lot of years off her career. She's now in her 40s. Uh, you, you have to imagine that uh, she's not going to really progress much like Rachel will. Absolutely agree. Uh, moving on to a lightweight matchup between uh, Joaquin Silva and Jesse Ronson. Jesse Ronson returning after um, his big USADA response. Uh, USADA, um, uh, layoff. Um, I'm not too sure what he tested positive for, I can't remember, but he is back. Um, the first back, well, actually, no, he fought Rafa Garcia, got submitted. Uh, before that, he fought Nicholas Dalby on very short notice. Um, got a rare naked choke, hurt Dalby, um, uh, and obviously got his big win inside the UFC, but uh, then he tested positive, and now he fight, fought Rafa Gar Garcia, got submitted, and now he's fighting Joaquim. Buckley, who is a phenomenal fighter, uh, but if you've seen the look in the last few fights, he's got knocked out twice in a row 
Can Jesse Ronson knock out Joaquim Silva? I think he can. Now, Joaquim Silva, uh, that chain of his looks to be gone. So he fought Nazareth Hackfrest and uh, was it? Uh, uh, I'm blanking uh, Ricky on Glenn. right now. Uh, yeah, Ricky Glenn. Those are not necessarily knockout artists in the UFC. Those uh, Ricky Glenn is like a pretty wrestler, not knocking anybody out. Uh, Nazareth Hackfrest has been has found it very hard to knock out a lot of these guys, and both guys were able to starch this guy. So uh, Jesse Bronson, on the other hand, this guy, say what you want about him, but he does have legit power. They call him the body snatcher for a reason. He went up to welterweight. Say what you want. He was on steroids or whatever, but he fought Nicholas Dalby, and he dropped him right away. That was a very impressive showing. I know he looked really bad against uh, Rafa Garcia, but maybe that was just enough night for him. That's what I'm hoping here. Uh, uh, either way, I really believe we see a finish here. Because Walking himself has got legit jujitsu, and if uh, Ronson is lacking on the ground, like he was against uh, Rafa Garcia, I think Walking uh, himself can easily submit him. So I do think uh, we're going to see a finish before the third round. But uh, I just think with uh, chin issues for Silva, I think uh, Ronson just needs one, and he can probably find himself getting a finish here. So I'll say uh, early round two knockout for Jesse Ronson. Yeah, this one's a, a, a tough one to pick uh, in the lightweight um, uh, light division. As you can see, the, the odds there are very close in favour of the Brazilian Silva. But I do agree with Oscar what he says about Jun uh, Jesse Ronson and being able to knock him out. But I'm going on the other side. I think Joaquin Buckley might be able to submit uh, Jesse Ronson. I, I, I feel like uh, the, 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 if he'd be able to get this one to the ground, I think like, he might be able to expose Jesse Ronson a little bit. Uh, but if you see in the past... This uh, we were seen in the past, obviously, Jess Ronson lighting up people with that, that power. So, this was a tough one to pick, but this one could be the closest so far of the week. Yeah, uh, yeah, I like it for that. Um, because I think we're gonna see an emphatic finish. Absolutely agree. And uh, if we move over to the next one, a very, very, very underrated one. Um, this one's on the prelims, and it's absolutely phenomenal how this one's on. Uh, this one's on the prelims. Um, arguably, or pre actually, not arguably, these two are definitely top 15 fighters. Um, uh, just outside the rankings, uh, Brendan Allen was top 15, Kuchotko was top 15, if not maybe top 15. Um, they might be number 15 or 14. I'm not, I can't remember off the top of my head. Yeah, but both guys have been in the rankings before, but uh, they, they've since kind of fallen down because there's a lot of new blood at Metalweight these days. Uh, you got guys like uh, Gregory Rodriguez, uh, Nasruddin Imavov, uh, Drikas Duplessis. Those guys have kind of taken their spot, but they're still super legit. They've fought a lot of high-quality names, especially Jotko. Um, this, this is this is a fight that I think will be a split decision. This is going to be a close one. Uh, Brendan Allen, to me, is not a guy you want to bet on because he makes constant mistakes in his fights. He stands with guys when he shouldn't stand with them. He goes for submissions uh, when they're not really there. I just don't, I'm not a big fan of the Brent Allen uh, fight IQ. And for Christoph Jocko, he does not usually go in there with bad intentions. He he wants to win technical decisions. And that's not, that's not a great style. If, uh, if your opponent has that, has that, you know, ice in their veins and they're looking to finish you, that's, it's more favorable for the judges. But uh, either way, I, I do think Jocko wins this fight because, um, I just see Brandon Allen kind of falling into his traps. Uh, Jocko likes to get a lot of control time, holding guys up against the cage. Uh, maybe he looks for a takedown. Um, he fought Gerald Mearshart in his last fight. And we know how dangerous Gerald Mearshart is as a finisher off his back where the fight is. And he did just fine on top. He was able to hold that position without issue. And I think he can do it to Brent Allen here. I think uh, Gerald Mishrat has better jujitsu than Brent Allen. So I think Jacko can get takedowns here if he wants and just uh, keep the top position. Um, and on the feet, I would say uh, Jacko is better technically, but I would say Brent Allen is uh, more effective and probably the more damaging and aggressive striker. So it's a very tough one to pick, but I, I do think uh, Jacko is more reliable 
to win a decision in this kind of fight? Uh, yeah, this is a tough fight. If you look at recent years, um, Brendan Allen uh, coming off two uh, big losses against Chris, uh, Chris Curtis um, and then um, Sean Strickland, both of them, which he got knocked out. Um, that's the only trouble that, that, that worries me about Brendan Allen. He, he, he does get clipped a lot. And then I look on the other side against Jocko. His last finish was it, it, his last finish in MMA was against, um, uh, well, due to punches anyway, was against uh, Tam Dan McCorry in 2016. So I believe that Christian Jocko doesn't have that threat with the hands to be able to knock him out. But obviously the full 15, he might be able to outpoint him with his boxing. Yeah, that's, uh, yeah, his boxing along with his uh, grappling. I think, I think uh, it's enough to win this fight. But as I said, that we should be looking at a split decision type of fight here. Uh, a lot of people debated the Malcoon decision against Allen. I thought Allen uh, did enough to win the fight because he was the guy doing damage. So uh, th this could be a debatable decision, but I will take Jotko in this fight. Absolutely. We move on to our last two bouts. Um, actually, last three bouts, sorry, of uh, the episode. Well, last three bouts of UFC uh, talk. And we're talking about Maxine Grisham versus Felipe Linz. Um, a very good one at light heavyweight. Um, it's actually crazy to me to think that um, Maxine Grisham makes light heavyweight. Th th this guy is massive. Yeah, it's also uh, pretty weird to me that uh, Felipe Linz started out at heavyweight. He won the PFL heavyweight tournament. Then he went to the UFC, fought Arlovsky, looked bad, uh, lost that decision there. And then he got knocked out by Tanner Bozer. And then he finds himself down at light heavyweight fighting uh, Marcin Pragnell. And Pragnell, you know, the big knock on him was his durability. And he couldn't knock him out. So I just... I'm not impressed with Linz. I know he lost some weight, but he just doesn't have knockout power, really. And the cardio is not good. And the grappling is not good. So it's just, uh, it's it's a recipe for me to pick Maxim Grishin quite confidently. Grishin, uh, he destroyed William Knight when he fought him. He dropped him twice, I believe, in that fight. And then when he fought Jacoby, he dropped Jacoby. And that, to, to this day, people debate that decision. Um, so I really think uh, Maxim Grisham is a better kickboxer. He's more powerful. Uh, I would say he might be bigger. So I, I'm thinking Maxim Grisham to win this fight. Um, I don't think we'll see any grappling here. I think we're going to see two guys strike, and I think Grisham uh, is a better kickboxer. Yeah, Maxim Grisham also came back from, uh, well, came from PFO. Uh, into the UFC, um, didn't get as far as um, obviously Felipe Linz did, uh, but yeah, they were both in the PFL. Uh, and obviously, Maxine Christian came into the UFC, fought uh, Martin Tybura, lost that one, um, got the big win against uh, Anthony Gulov, uh, lost Dustin Jacoby, and then uh, got that win over William Knight in his last bout, uh, at UFC 271. And Felipe Linz, he talks about in his last bout, uh, Martin Pracknell, um, is a big one. Martin Pratdale couldn't stop him. If you look at Felipe Linz, his track record, he's been knocked out three times in the space of his um, uh, five losses. And that, that, that rings alarm bells. Um, I think Ma Maxine Gresham, if you look in the past, he has KO'd people, a lot of people. And I believe this might be another opportunity for him to get a knockout win inside the DSC. Yeah, Linz in that fight with, uh, with Pratdale, he was getting hurt a lot to the body. But uh, Pratdale was hurt himself and his gas tank was low so he couldn't really follow up so maybe we see uh Grisham follow up but uh, Grisham to me he gets all the respect points for that Jacoby fight because Jacoby is so legit absolutely moving on to the next bout another catch weight bout between Sorolenko and uh Chandler um this is a fantastic fight uh in the as it is a catch weight about 140 pounds you just Sorolenko versus Chelsea Chandler um, at yeah, a 140 catch weight belt. Um, Storylenko coming off a, a big win, a big uh, armbar win against Jessica Rose Clark. Um, her go to um, move, should we say, um, a go to move, an armbar win. She gets it done. And Chelsea Chandler, I believe, she stepped inside of the UFC for the first time. She used to fight at featherweight, yes, she used to fight at featherweight, and now she's dropping down to uh, bantamweight for this one, obviously, because. 
the UFC don't really care about um, that, but the, you know the, the the featherweight division, the women's featherweight division. Um, she lost her first ever fight inside in her professional career, and other than that, she's bounced back against Courtney King, Olivia Parker, Brittany Victoria, and Mitzi Merry. Um, this one I'm not too sure about. Obviously, Storyenko has been inside the UFC, had four fights, three losses, and one victory. And I do believe I've got a favor Storyenko because of that experience. But this is MMA; anything can happen. Yeah, uh, Storyenko. I think it might be. Uh, um, you always have to take her in some of these lower level fights, just because she's just so good at what she does. The one thing she does is that uh, judo throw. In the armbar, all about that judo, and she looks so impressive in that Jessica Rose Clark fight because she got tagged right away. And then she uh, hits Jessica Rose Clark with that judo throw, gets that armbar right away. I really think uh, against uh, Chelsea Chandler, I don't think she's fought anybody with this kind of a uh, submission offense. So it's not, uh, and she almost got Alexis Davis with it, who's been a black belt a long time. So. I really think uh, I have to say take Storlyanko here just because Chandler's just not really established. I know she trains at the Caesar Gracie Jiu-Jitsu gym, um, but I, she's not even a black belt in Jiu-Jitsu. Um, and on the feet, sure, she probably has better striking, but it's not it's, it's not anything that's going to concern me with Storlyanko getting pieced up on the feet. So I, I just have to take Storlyanko here just because I think we're going to see the fight hit the ground at some point. And she's going to have the opportunity to go for that arm bar. And uh, I, she's just she's just so damn good at it. So I think I just have to take her by submission. Yeah, absolutely. Say, uh, one, one, one. I absolutely agree. Once she latches onto that arm and the arm bar, it is pretty much game over from there. If you look at her record, um, she's got 10 victories inside... Um, in, inside a professional career. I don't know how many off the top of my head by armbar, but nine of them are by submission and one decision. That tells you a lot about her. She's a finisher, and this one could go the same. I think she's going to finish, as you thought about a submission against um, Chelsea Chandler. Yeah, I agree with you there. And then moving on to the first fight, we've got Guido Canetti versus Randy Costa. Uh, Guido Canetti coming into this fight after... Uh, a massive, a massive, massive victory in his last fight against Chris Moutinho. And then obviously Randy Costa um, coming into this one after a disappointing performance in his last bout against, um, oh, off the top of my head, it's uh, against uh, Tony Kelly. Um, he beat, he lost against Adrian Yanez and he looked decent. He looked decent all right, Adrian Yanez. I know he lost, he got, he got um, TKO'd, but he had success in that first round against Adrian Yanez. Um, his boxing was looking sharp. But it only lasted for a round until he gassed out completely and Adrian Yanis caught him. And then in that Tony Kelly fight, he just really didn't show up. He just didn't he, he didn't get anything going in. And now against Guido Conetti, I think they're trying to give him a win. But we saw in the last fight, uh, Guido Conetti can upset the odds and um, that he, he possesses power. Old man strength. He's 42 years old. Anything can happen. Yeah, this is a fight that will not see a third round. Uh, Guido Conetti has the cardio advantage in this fight. That's a rare situation, but uh, Randy Costa is excellent at getting first-round KOs. That's how he. That's the only way he's won these fights. Um, Kido Kanetti's not durable, so I think we're gonna see Randy Costa get a first-round KO here. But what concerns me is in his last fight, uh, he tried to adjust after that uh, Adrian Yanis fight because he gassed out after round one and got finished. Um, so what he did was he paced himself. That was not that was not a good way to approach that fight because he let Tony Kelly get ahead and he ne he let Tony Kelly bully him and he never got going. He's a, he's a great hammer, not a good nail. He needs to avoid uh Guido Kennedy getting offense on him. And Kennedy's not he's not high level enough, he's not durable enough for him honestly to pace himself for a to go to the second round, I just think, I just think if I'm Randy Costa, I just go bombs away and uh, knock this 43-year-old bandwagon out. I honestly think that's uh, that's the way he should approach this one. But if he paces himself and uh, he he doesn't look good like he did in the Tony Kelly fight, we could easily see uh, Guido Canetti maybe get some kind of knockout here, get a big get a big uh, 
upset win here, but realistically, we should be looking at Randy Costa bringing some honor to the Costa name. Uh, if you've seen on social media, Paulo Costa has claimed him as his long-lost little brother. <laughs> Paulo Costa is absolutely phenomenal on Twitter. He's, uh, he's absolutely Twitter gold. Yeah, man. Th- this guy is hes the meme king right now in the UFC. Absolutely. So regarding this fight between Gita Kennedy and Randy Costa, phenomenal fight. Um, I, I, I do agree with you. I think Randy Costa can get this one done, but if it hits that second round, I, I am twitching um, because I, I know it's not going to go his way because Gita Kennedy um, has definitely got the better cardio. Um, in his last fight, he hits hard, or maybe Chris, uh, Chris Martina just didn't have well, I, well, he took too much punishment in that um, Sean Mallory fight, and obviously we've seen, you know, the, um, the, the repercussions of it, but Gideon Kennedy uh, got that big win in his last fight. Um, Randy Costa loves the first-round finish, and if you look at Gideon Kennedy's um, record, he's only been finished by um, um, uh, by strikes twice. That was against Dana Bagarel in 2020 and against Alejandro Perez in 2014 in the Latin America Season 1 of the Ultimate Fighter. So the, the realm of a knockout... For Randy Costa, uh, you know it's not impossible, but he's got to start early and get them get get, get his boxing and working early. Yeah, that's uh, that's kind of the the recipe for him. Also, he's got really good leg kicks. But honestly, I, I really think we're going to be looking at a uh, good comeback performance from Costa. Costa, when he fought Adrian Giannis, he destroyed Giannis in round one with that jab. So I think uh, I think if he uh, if he go, gets that jab going early. And uh, uses it instead of the power shot. He'll be getting the Guido Canetti out of there. I'll say within two minutes. Absolutely agree. Um, that was the UFC this weekend. We've got a phenomenal event. Uh, top two card. You know, there's some exciting fights. Uh, obviously, the main attraction at the top, uh, Mackenzie Dern versus Yan. Uh, uh, um, obviously, in the uh, co-main event, we got Randy Cost, uh, Randy Brown, sorry, versus um, Francisco Trinaldo. Uh, we've got Rahani Barcelona versus Trevin Jones uh, on the main card. Y- uh, Sadiq Yusuf as well. John Casaneda. Um, also on the main card, Mike Davis versus uh, Borishev. And on that, uh, on the prelims. We've got some really, really good fights. Uh, Ilya Latifi versus Alexi Onilic. Um, and obviously, Christoph Jocko and Brendan Allen. Ones that I arguably on that main card. But that's it for the UFC. We have got a few events to talk about if I'm talking about them. Sure. Bellator 286 also goes down this weekend. And we've got one of the Pitbull brothers returning back to defend his belt. And that is Juicio Pitbull looking to make a, a, a successful defense. Um, well, a sexual, uh, successful second title defense. Uh, well, a second title run, sorry. Um, against Adam Borix, this will be his first defense um, since winning that battle back against AJ McKee. Um, a, a good matchup, but one that I see Patricio Pitbull um, being successful in. I think in the Benita- uh, Bellator uh, division, the favorite division, I, I, just, I just believe there's no one else that can beat Patricio Pitbull other than AJ McKee. Yeah, he showed uh, that he's the best Bellator has ever seen. When you got a win over Michael Chandler, you got a win over AJ McKee. Those are some of the best names to walk through the Bellator cage. And for him to have uh, those kind of wins over over those guys, I really think uh, there's just not many guys that are going to beat him. Um, and Adam Borch, I got a lot of respect for him. Beat Mads Brunel in his last one, but I really think uh, Patricio Fair will be getting himself uh, a third-round KO in this fight. He's got heavy, heavy hands. He showed it off in multiple fights. And he's even if he gets a knockdown, maybe he goes for the submission as well. I really like his finishing instincts. And I think he finds the finish against uh, Adam Borch in this fight. Yeah, it's a phenomenal fight. He talks about his finishing instincts are ridiculous. Um, we've seen it in the past a lot. Um, against Emmanuel Sanchez, knocks him down, then submits him. Um, against Pedro Carvalho, just absolutely starches him. Um, beat Juan Archuleta, beat Michael Chandler, as you mentioned, absolutely knocked him out. Um, and he's only ever lost his inside Bellator against Benson Henderson, uh, Daniel Strauss, uh, Pat Curran, and Joe Warren. That was uh, back in the days where he was young. Up and coming and uh, hungry. Since he's got the belt, he's kind of really looked unstoppable. Except from that AJ McKee fight, um, the first AJ McKee fight where he got rocked 
and then submitted. And I do believe if they run it back, AJ McKee's got a really good chance of winning the truth. But we're not going to see it because it looks like AJ McKee has moved up to lightweight. As you can see, he's going to take on former UFC fighter Spike Carlisle. Yeah, this is the perfect fight for AJ McKee to bounce back in style on a lower level fighter. Spike Carlisle was a was a beast in the UFC. He was so much fun. I'm, I still don't like the fact that the UFC cut him after the Billy Quarantilla loss, I think it was, or the bit or was it the Bill Algio loss. Yeah, I thought yeah. I thought the UFC should have kept him. He's super fun. It's very unique. Uh, but in Bellator, he's had crazy moments. Insane. He had one of the best comebacks last year. Um, he's a very fun fighter, super aggressive, but the gas tank is just really bad. After round one, he falls apart. Um, I think AJ McKee can finish this fight anywhere he wants. I think he gets, in fact, I'll say he gets a, a first round uh, submission in this fight. I think he's leagues above us, like Carlisle. Yeah, I've got to agree. He's so young, twenty-seven years old. Um, in, in twenty-seven years old, uh, and every single one of his fights. Um, has nearly been inside Bellator. He came into Bellator. Actually, every single professional fight has been inside Bellator. Sorry, um, phenomenal, phenomenal servant for him, uh, for them, um, and beat some really good guys. Uh, Pat Curran, Georgie Curacarion, uh, Derek Campos, um, Darren Caldwell, Patricio Pitbull, um, and obviously lost against Patricio Pitbull. This will be his first fight after losing, and now he takes on Spike Carlisle. And I do believe he's going to return in fantastic fashion and get back to finishing ways and winning ways. I think a lot of his fights is finished, and I just don't see him going to the scorecards in this one. Yeah, I agree with you there. Uh, Spike Carlisle, uh, as I said, the gas tank leaves him very vulnerable. Um, and I, I really think that uh, McKee is looking to make a statement, and he'll make it for sure. I think it's, I think it's a great bet. I don't know what the odds are, but it's it's a great bet. I'm really confident he gets a finish. Absolutely agree. Oh. Sorry, I accidentally muted myself. Uh, or also on the card, we've got Aaron Pico versus uh, Jeremy Kennedy, former UFC fighter, uh, former PFL fighter. Um, he fought Alexander Volkanovsky back in the day. Uh, back in the day, he went three-one inside the UFC, and then they split. They went ways. Um, and then he outside the UFC, he went from Brave, uh, Brave uh, Federation, uh, Federation, Federation um, had a run inside the PFL, but nothing came to, uh, of it. Then he came inside the Bellator, and his only losses came to Adam Borix. Uh, in his last fight, he beat Emmanuel Sanchez. Um, but if you look at his two losses, he's been knocked out. And if you look at Pico, this guy is a marauder. He's a finisher. He's a, he's a savage. He hits incredibly hard. Um, but he does leave himself exposed. Um, we saw that in the Adam Boris fight and against in, in the Henry Corrales fight, but since then he's looked pretty much unstoppable. Yeah, for, for me, I'm definitely gonna be taking Pico in this fight. He looked so good in his last one with the body shots, uh, mixing in the takedowns. He's never looked better. He looks like he's now in prime form ready to fight for the belt in, the, in these next couple of fights. I think uh, against Jeremy Kennedy, he's not going to get the takedowns as easily as he did in the last one, but I still think he can get takedowns. And on the feet, he's just so powerful with the boxing. Uh, I think he's going to win a 30-27 unanimous decision. Yeah, I'm going with Alan Pico, and I'm going to go with a knockout inside uh, round number two. Um, either he's going to knock him out in round one or round number two. Yeah, I, th I think uh, knockout is definitely a possibility there. Um, Pico's last opponent had crazy uh, body dirt, but I can't believe he didn't stumble over. Yeah, and the last one on the main card, got a really good one, well, Juan Archuleta, former, uh, former Bellator champion against Eric uh, Barzola, former UFC fighter, uh, now, torn, uh, now turned Bellator top five. Um, inside his last fight, uh, in his last fight, he lost against Magomed, Magomedov. Uh, he got submitted uh, in the UFC. Um, he, he got some drafted, um, some tough fights. Mozart um, uh, Ivalev, sorry, um, Kevin Aguilar. Um, he beat Brendan Davis, beat Matt uh, Bassetti, uh, Gabriel Benitez. So he had a good run inside the UFC. He did lose against uh, Kyle Bokniak. Um, so he had a decent run. Um, when he moved over from uh, UFC to Bellator, he beat Darren Coldwell. Former Bellator champion, uh, beat Nikita uh, Makilov, and obviously in his last fight he got submitted against um, Magomed Magomedov. Um, this is a tough one to pick, and Honor Slater in his last fight, um, 
I, I believe he's not had the, the 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 greatest of success since losing that belt. He's gone trading wins and losses. Um, when he lost to producer Pitbull, he beat Henry Cruz, beat Patchy Mix, and then lost against Sergio Pettis. Uh, Pettis. And then his last one, he got knocked out by um, Rafael Stotts. So he needs to get back to winning ways, and I think this is a good one for him to get back to winning ways. Yeah, he was. In my opinion, he was winning the Rafael Stotts fight. I was very impressed with his work there. Uh, he's He's such a well-rounded fighter, got the great wrestling, got the big power on the feet. And uh, I, th I just think Barzola um, is going to be a step behind here in this fight. They both have good wrestling, so it probably cancels itself out. But I do give the edge to Archuleta. And I also think uh, he's he's got the power advantage here. So I think Archuleta wins the decision. Yeah, absolutely agree. Um, Juan Archuleta hopefully turns back to winning ways. Former uh, bantamweight champion inside um, Bellator. Hopefully he gets back to winning ways. Uh, also on the card, um, one of the interviews that I released this week or today, actually, you might see Max Rushkoff uh, fighting against Max Hamill. A very good fight, but one that I see Max Rushkoff winning. You might know that name, Max Rushkoff. Um, he had a big story inside the UFC, so let's hope he gets back to winning ways. Uh, but yeah, the prelims are very, very stacked. Uh, I'm looking forward to the fights, but the one that I'm looking forward to, obviously, is Max Roshkoff. Um, what are your thoughts on the prelims? Yeah, I think Max Roshkoff is a very solid name uh, to headline the prelims. Sure, he had a negative headline, but he's shown that he's not, that, that, that doesn't define him anymore. He's gone on to get a lot of quality wins. Outside the UFC, I don't think the UFC will have him back because of that. But I do think uh, that outside, he's going to show that he's an absolute man of sleeps. Wrestling is super legit. He just had a really bad night against Austin Hubbard that one time. And against Hamill, I think he's going to smash him. I think he gets the second round TKO. Absolutely. Um, a fantastic fight. We've got Weber Almeida as well. Um, a fantastic prospect. Um over there in the Bellator scene. Um, I do believe he might have to bounce back, though. Um, oh, no, he, he lost against Johnny Scotto, and then obviously in his last fight, he got uh, he won Fabrizio Franco. Uh, but now he looks to make it two back-to-back -back wins. Um, we've got Islam Mamadov, Mamadov, sorry, Mam uh, Islam Mamadov versus uh, Nick Brown uh, Mamadov in his last fight, losing to um, Benson Henderson, I do believe. Um, he came in as a big favourite, and then Benson Henderson, oh, sorry, that's two fights ago, um, his last fight was against e in the Eagles against Zach Zane. Um, yeah, he was a big favorite against Benson Henderson, and then Benson Henderson, uh, Benson Henderson upset the odds and got the split decision win. Yeah, Mamed, uh, uh, just looking to get a couple easier wins after that uh, Benson Henderson fight. Uh, Mamedov is one, one of the better uh, Russian guys that doesn't get the recognition because he's not in the UFC. Yeah, absolutely. Um, other than that, we have got um, not too many. Um, we got Lance G uh, Lance Gibson Jr., the Canadian, against Dominic Clark. He was scheduled to fight someone, and I, off the top of my head, I can't remember. Um, oh, Chris Avila. That's it, Chris Avila. Um, Nate Diaz, protege, but now they pulled him out of the fight because now he's going to box someone on the other card. Yep, yeah, he's going to box on the Jake Paul Anderson Silva undercard. Yeah, uh, I'm not too sure who's boxing. Um, I can't remember. I can't remember off the top of my head. Yeah, I, I um, think it's a notable name. Yeah, uh, but as you can see here, Bellator, um, they, they put us on good fights. This is a card. This is a really good card. Obviously, it might be a little bit competitive with the UFC, but even when Bellator put on these big, big, big cards, it still shows how big the UFC is because obviously, like a card that the UFC has this weekend, I still think. It probably could do better numbers than Bellator. Yeah, I, I, yeah, and hey, Bellator's got the edge on the UFC because they got a crowd. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I'm not too sure where this one is actually taking place. I believe uh, California. It's, yeah, San Diego. Yeah, no longer. Yeah, Beach, California. Long that, oh, I don't know where that is. Uh, I saw CA and I saw California. So yeah, Long Beach, California. I think it's going to be a, a great event. A uh, lot of lot of names that you pointed out on there, but uh, of course the UFC is king. And uh, the as I said, that UFC card is getting slapped on. I guess we you, there's a lot of high quality names on the prelims. Absolutely agree. Um, we got one more fight to talk about, and that was the contender series this week. Um, and my, oh man, oh man, if this guy doesn't break contender series records, 
I don't know who will. Yeah, Bo Nickel is he's just different. He's different in the contention is the the UFC has never had a guy come in with this kind of talent and just raw materials that I really think is uh, gonna be championship caliber in the future. Bo Nickel was a three time All American out of Penn State University. Penn State University is basically known as uh, one of the best schools for wrestling in America. And this guy was the man in that school for a very long time. And now he's in MMA and he's taken on these uh, these guys with winning records. And he is taking them out in under a minute. And it's not he's not taking any punishment. And he's doing it in in ways that you would not necessarily expect. He's not using the wrestling uh, like you would expect him to. Like he's using the wrestling mixed with striking and with jujitsu. So he goes out there and gets a rear naked choke in the first contender series fight. Then in this fight, he lands an overhand left, and then he eventually gets a triangle. Like this is this is unusual for guys this early in their career to be getting triangles like that, especially against a seven and one a CFFC champion. So both he's legit. And now he's booked against Jamie Pickett in December and he's gonna smash Jamie Pickett too. I think we're looking at, at a next level talent. This is like I think this is like the closest thing we got to Brock Lesnar. Yeah, exactly. I got to agree. Um, the, the 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 talent that this guy has is phenomenal. We've seen it on display um, in, in two times in the Cassette series. Um, and obviously, he talks about how he transitioned into that triangle on the ground. Um, for a guy, it just shows the level of uh, the level of talent that he has and the potential. He's not even the finished product yet. We've still got a long way to go. Yeah, it, it, this guy. Uh, this guy with his wrestling will give pretty much anybody problems. Like some people may not even comprehend the level of his wrestling. Um, so um, he didn't make the Olympic team um, because he was like fighting at he was like competing at like a at a weight class where he was like undersized. Um, but I don't really think the Olympics were exactly his goal. I think uh, he did have MMA in sight. He's been working with Jorge Masvidal. For multiple years, Jorge has been helping him with his striking for years, and he's been helping Jorge with his striking. He didn't just pick up MMA this year. This guy has been this guy has been on this path for a while now, and I think uh, I think he's just got otherworldly strength and athleticism that's going to take him very far. I think in the next five years, we're going to be talking about a Bo Nickel fighting for the belt. Yeah, I'm gonna say here now. I I think if you look at our top fifteen, top fifth, uh, top fifteen, top ten, top five guys, out of the top fifteen guys, I believe there's probably arguably four or three that might be favorite against Bo Nickel right now. Yeah, and honestly, I, I, in my honest opinion, I don't, I wouldn't agree with those odds, but it's the hype, and those uh betting lines are all about the hype. I think uh, a guy like Robert Whitaker would absolutely destroy him. Uh, you get you get a lot of those better wrestlers, and they'll they'll destroy him. But uh, you get a guy in there like Jamie Pickett, and he's gonna have a field day. Absolutely agree. It's got a fantastic fight. Rob Whisker, uh, even Marvin Vittori, um, a very underrated fighter in that middleweight division. Yeah. Um. Also, uh, just like with Brock Lesnar, you gotta watch out for these jujitsu guys. You put him in there with Andre Muniz. And uh, we're going to be talking about his broken arm or his broken leg. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, a fantastic event um, that we had. We also, on this one, we had our guy, Sam Patterson, who I interviewed last week before the fight. And he said that the Wednesday after this fight, he will be a UFC fighter. And the feeling will be exactly how it's meant to be. And he is now a UFC fighter. And it was a phenomenal performance. I think that first round against Vinicius Sensi was tough. But he gritted it through, and obviously in the second round, he got the finish for, um, via submission, rear naked choke. Yeah, I like this guy. That he's well-rounded. 
Uh, he likes to get these, uh, you know, quick knockouts on the feet, but he's got a plan B. If it doesn't work out for him on the feet, he can outgrapple these guys. He's got a good finishing instinct. He he knows how to transition between submissions, and I think it's going to take him fairly far in this uh, division. Absolutely agree. I'm um, excited to see where uh, Sam Patterson goes. He said he wants to fight in December uh, in the interview and then fight on that Usman versus Edwards card, um, wherever that may be, um, whenever that may be, either January, February, March, May, whoever, whoever knows where it will be. Um, I'm not too sure they're targeting right now. Yeah, I, I think uh, the UFC is shooting right now for March. That's their usual. They go to the UK in March. Yeah, well, let's see what happens. Uh, that would be a big fight. Sam Patterson would definitely really shine bright on them prelims. Uh, homecoming, he said that he would love to fight inside the UK fans because it's been four years since he fought in front of them. Yeah, I'm sure he'll get a huge ovation. Absolutely. Um, well, this is pretty much the end of the podcast. Um, we talked about the UFC this weekend. We talked about Bellator happening this weekend. Um, we could probably talk about Joseph um, Joseph Parker versus George, uh, Joe Joyce if you watched it. Honestly, I did, I did not watch the second of it. Well, I, I'll explain it to you in a few words. Domination from Joe Joyce. That's what it was. This guy is a savage. He's a Terminator. That's that's what he, he he's called the Juggernaut. And I can definitely see why. This guy has a chin. He gets hit a lot. He, he, he leaves himself exposed a lot of the time. But this guy, you can hit him with your best shots and he just keeps on coming. I don't know how. He takes that many shots and he just walks forward. Um, but if you put him up in the likes of the guys of uh, Tyson Fury, I, 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 it's going to end bad. Um, I do believe Joe Joyce is the second best heavyweight in the world. I, I'm going to say that right here. I think he beat AJ. I think he beats Deontay Wilder. Um, I think he beats everyone else but Tyson Fury. Oh, that is a big statement. So yeah. I'll definitely keep my eye on him. Um, I'm very excited about the state of heavyweight boxing right now with Tyson Fury obviously coming out of retirement soon um and yeah i i would love to see the reign of the gypsy king continue very long um and uh but yeah I, the guys in the mix right now are very exciting as is deontay walter uh andy ruiz anthony joshua and of course Usyk, who i believe is the second best at heavily right now any mix of those guys is fun Absolutely, Usyk, and obviously uh, Joseph Wilder's fighting soon against Robert uh, Rob, Robert Hellenus, I do believe. Um, uh, he's going to knock that guy out, and then he's going to announce himself back onto the world stage immediately. Yeah, I cannot wait for these matchups to come to fruition. Absolutely. Well, let's uh, let's have the, uh, the end of the podcast. Um, a fantastic fights that we had this weekend. Uh, Bellator and the UFC uh, Bellator's got a fantastic card for what it, you know for, for what they've um, they've got um t- uh, producer Pitbull defending his belt against Anna Borics. um we, we, we see AJ McKee returning we see Aaron Pico returning uh Harnach Letter really good fights all round in Bellator and we've got a really good card this weekend in the UFC is there any last words from Oscar before we let him go no just make sure to enjoy the fights Absolutely. Do what Oscar says. Make sure to enjoy the fights. Um, get a beverage. Get something to eat. Sit down and enjoy them. And then think about what we're going to talk about next week. So make sure you tune in next week on Tuesday, 6.30 BST and 12.30 um, summertime. No, sorry. Central time. Yeah. And uh, unfortunately, no cards to preview next week. Yeah. Oh, so that, we'll just have just a recap. They've been very, very short episodes. But even though we say that... We've dragged this on for one hour and ten minutes. So make sure you catch us next week on Tuesday. See you later. And a very have a good weekend and enjoy the fight, everyone.